This is the quarter hour podcast. It's 5.40 p.m. Arabian Standard Time. This is Omar WJ speaking. Going to read you some headlines. Um, the death tolls up to uh, 113 in, in Gaza right now. Um, just a moment. There's um, some interesting stuff from The Economist. Um, they think that the 13 million have died from COVID-19. Um, let's see. The coming global economic boom could have a sting in the tail. Supply shortages are acute in the USA. Um, how much should you worry about the Indian variant? Bravo. Period 1, period 617 has spread rapidly in India. Now infections are rising in Britain. Oh, um, Americans will be happy to know, happy to hear, many will be happy to hear South Carolina is bringing back the firing squad. Uh, Liz Cheney's demotion is a death rattle for principled conservative. Principled conservative sounds like a oxymoron. T.S. Shanbag, proprietor of Premier Bookshop, died of COVID-19 on May 4th. He is a bookseller in, book, in Bangalore. He's looking for the the um, uh, a cyber attack exposes risks to America's energy infrastructure. This is nothing new. You know, they've been talking about that for a long time. A ransom-aware attack on Apple shows the future of cybercrime. Oh, my goodness. A murderous cyber attack is only a matter of time. Vehicles might be the easiest targets. Um, the digital currencies that matter. Get ready for FedCoin and the E-Euro. Heart visits predict changes in birth rates during the pandemic. The number of births prevented by the pandemic may exceed the death toll from COVID-19. Wow, uh, the world's running out of people. Uh, the Economist says Warren Buffett should quit. Um, I love to read their... Uh, their... Uh, they have to say about the um, their suggestions, you know, um, the Biden presidency. Oh, big lie! Leadership headgear. They they have this um, elephant giving um, the number three person in the House of Representatives the. Um, um, famous hat with the horns and the raccoon tail that that QAnon guy was wearing in the Capitol. Um, oh, okay, so... There's a... The weekly cartoon has the infinity symbol with uh, Palestine and Israel wrote on it. And then there's guys riding on the infinity symbol shooting at each other. I thought that was uh, pretty cute for uh, 
for to sum up the not, not cute is not the word, um, but um, it's terrible. Uh, let me play the latest and greatest. It's uh, from the Daily Mail. This is in my Google News feed on my phone. Um, uh, where is that? Come on. Um, a man is suing in Tennessee for pissing on a grave of a dead cop. And he said that his... Um, uh, First Amendment right to fr- freedom of expression was violated. Um, let's see, maybe that's in more stories. Um, shows two guys um, urinating on a um, on a um, on a tombstone. The guy's name on there. Um, So that already disappeared. Stuff disappears so fast, especially if I'm interested in it. Just a moment, I found the second part. Excuse me. The photo was a fake, and they did it for uh, for for the for the cover of a rock and roll album. But this guy was charged with harassment and jailed for nearly two weeks on a $76,000 bond until a Dixon County judge dismissed his charges. Oh my goodness. And I mean, two weeks is a long time to spend in the county jail. Um, and uh, everyone's favorite policeman. Peter Cahill found that prosecutors had proven Derek Chauvin abused his position of trust and authority, treated George Floyd with particular cruelty, committed the crime as a group, and did so with children present, all aggravating factors. Cahill wrote, the slow death of George Floyd occurring over approximately six minutes of his positional asphyxia was particularly cruel in that Mr. Floyd was begging for his life and obviously terrified by the knowledge that he was likely to die, but during which the defendant objectively remained indifferent to Mr. Floyd's pleas. A jury convicted Chauvin, 45, of second and third degree murder and manslaughter on April 20th after hearing three weeks of testimony in a highly publicized trial. So um, he can get sentenced for uh, 40 years, and I think... Yeah, so uh, he's going to get sentenced for 40 years, and he'll do at least 13. Um, Let's see, this is about uh, what Noam Chomsky had to say. I started to read this. It's an interview with Noam Chomsky. C.J. Polycronio writes it on... uh, Truth Out, which is a uh, one of these online entities. Um, Chomsky, what was he asked? How is how is what's happening now in Jerusalem different? And Chomsky answers: There are always new t- twists, but in essentials, it's an old story. 
tracing back half a century, taking new forms after the Six Day War in 1967, when Israel annexed a whole bunch of territory and Jerusalem. Uh, what became the dominant tendency in the Zionist movement has been a long, fixed long-term goal, but crudely the goal is to rid the country of Arabs and replace them with Jews. Um, I just saw this thing. Um, oh, I can't. The, there's these two brothers, and um, I watched the. Uh, about, um, oh gosh, I'm sorry, I forgot what it is, but it's um, our Crash Course in History. It's a Crash Course, crash course series, and um, it's only been since the 19th century that there's been a lot of violence in Palestine. This uh, congressman from from uh, Colorado. I don't know if he was born and raised there. Colorado is one of those places that ends up being a destination for people. Um, I ended up down in Texas, but my brother had gone there first, um, and that was 40 years ago, over 1979, so 42 years ago. Um, Representative Doug Lamborn. Well, I don't care about you guys getting it. That's what he told the staffer in October 2020, right after discovering that his Capitol Hill office was turning into a hotbed of COVID-19 infections. Um, so he's getting sued. Um, uh, he'll probably settle out of court. The uh, guy suing him, it was a U.S. Marine. The guy who accidentally shot three people in... Times Square when he was trying to shoot his brother was caught in Florida with his uh, girlfriend. He's spotted in uh, North Carolina and then uh, they found him in Florida. So uh, not much of a um, a criminal. This well, I, okay, I should say a typical criminal, not much of a mastermind. Um, it's too bad Praise God, thank God, nobody died. By the 2010s, 7 in 10 of the Forbes 400 richest Americans were mostly self-made, and purely self-made fortunes had come to outnumber purely inherited ones. Chief executive officers, CEOs, now make 320 times a typical production worker's wage, and even greater ratio than that produced by uh, the fictional character Mr. Darcy's fortune. Elite work dominates top incomes more broadly. Finance sector professionals, vice presidents, and above at S&P 1500 firms, elite management consultants, partners at highly profitable law firms, and specialist medical doctors doctors collectively constitute half of the richest 1% of American households. But the rich are getting richer and, um, you know, the poor are uh, not doing so well. There's this guy that came up on my radar 
I don't remember when. Oh, it's been since I've been in Saudi Arabia. But his name is Baron Tunde Thurston. And he is a very good speaker. Um, let me play what I recorded of him. Back when um, September 11, 2001, befell all of us, we had a lot of language, a lot of big flashy graphics and banners in red, white, and blue. Attack on America. That's what this was. And that's what it still is. When you take a sledgehammer to the pillars of the Constitution, when you deny the power of we, the people, to choose our own government by trying to discard thousands, if not millions, of votes, when you undermine faith in the structure in a country that's held together by faith, by documents, much more than land or ethnicity, that's an attack. I don't have any objection to the language of the big lie. But I think this has been and continues to be an ongoing attack on our democracy. And I return to this Republican Party, which has wrapped itself historically in the language of freedom, and yet attaches itself to a weak figure, subserves itself to one man in an authoritarian... Oh, I'm sorry I stopped that by mistake. Let me get back to that. Uh, Excuse me. Back when um, September 11, 2001, befell all of us, we had a lot of language, a lot of big flashy graphics and banners in red, white, and blue. Attack on America. That's what this was. And that's what it still is. When you take a sledgehammer to the pillars of the Constitution, when you deny the power of we, the people, to choose our own government by trying to discard thousands, if not millions, of votes when you undermine faith in the structure in a country that's held together by faith, by documents, much more than land or ethnicity, that's an attack. I don't have any objection to the language of the big lie, but I think this has been and continues to be an ongoing attack on our democracy. And I return to this Republican Party, which has wrapped itself historically in the language of freedom, and yet attaches itself to a weak figure, subserves itself to one man in an authoritarian fashion. That is the opposite of freedom. And living in a lie is the opposite of freedom. By the way, Baratunde, to your very point, Attack on America became softened jargon. We love to do that. It became the events of 9-11. A whole lot of commercials right now talk about during these difficult times when they could just mention an uncontrolled pandemic for 14 months. And indeed, Big Lie is cheaper and easier for folks in our line of work to say uh, than it is the violent uh, insurrection attempt to overturn a democratic election. I agree, and I I just, when we think about people who almost literally co-signed on that attack, if we rewind to January 6th, we saw the footage, and we saw the smoke, and we didn't even know the death toll yet, but we knew this was horrific. And for the people whose very lives were threatened, whose vice president was almost lynched, to go in there and say this election was a sham, that's co-signing on an attack. That's aiding and abetting the enemy. That's that, that's that kind of language that we use against brown people all over the world in the history of colonialism, but are unafraid to use it when it's Senator 
leaders from a part of this lashed itself to whiteness or representatives doing the same. But it doesn't make it any less devastating. Well put, and I'm, I'm, glad, I, uh, I'm glad I asked. Bill Crystal, uh, Reuters reporting, NBC News confirming. Uh, I'm reading this to you. A growing number of anti- anti-Trump Republicans, over 100 at last count, are signing on to a movement to create a third party if the GOP doesn't let go of its unwavering Trump loyalty. Okay, sorry to, uh, sorry about my, uh, poor editing. Listen to what Liz Cheney had to say. The Republican Party is ousting one of its leaders for the grave crime of condemning the violent January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol by Trump supporters for the even more egregious crime of noting the truth that that attack was born out of a lie that the Republican Party should maybe stop telling its constituents this lie that somehow it was election fraud that put President Biden in the White House and former President Trump should be seen as a victim of that fraud and needs to be avenged, should be returned to office because of something wrong with the 2020 election when in fact there was nothing wrong with the 2020 election. Wyoming Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney is the third most senior Republican in Congress. She is due to be ousted from that leadership job tomorrow because she refuses to go along with that now foundational lie of the Trump-era Republican Party. But again, your mileage may vary on this story, right? Before this year, before this scandal, I would venture a guess that 99% of us had no idea who was the number three Republican in House leadership. Is it that important a job? (laughs) Is the the turnover of a person to a different person in that job really all that big? And is maybe not in the abstract. But in this case, the reason that she is being forced out of that job, it absolutely is big news. If this is effectively our public notification of the new rules by which all Republicans have to behave, or else. Well, that's a story that we've been following as it has been brewing for more than a week now. And now tonight, on the eve of what's expected to be her ouster from the House leadership, tonight, just within this last hour, in advance of that vote to throw her out of her leadership job tomorrow morning, Liz Cheney got up on the House floor within this past hour and had something to say. She had this to say about her party leadership's devotion to a defeated and disgraced president. Today we face a threat America has never seen before. A former president who provoked a violent attack on this capital in an effort to steal the election has resumed his aggressive effort to convince Americans that the election was stolen from him. He risks inciting further violence. Millions of Americans have been misled by the former president. They have heard only his words, but not the truth, as he continues to undermine our democratic process, sowing seeds of doubt about whether democracy really works at all. I am a conservative Republican, and the most conservative of conservative principles. Um, Liz Cheney, um, speaking like a victim, and she is getting the short end of the stick, if you ask me, but, um, um, she's got a lot of, uh, things she could, uh, walk back, comments she could walk back. The London 
auction house Sotheby's will accept a cryptocurrency for the Banksy auction. Okay, Banksy is a uh, graffiti artist. I don't know what you would really call him, but um, does stencils. Um, I shot a picture of one of his uh, um, pictures, one of his paintings by accident in San Francisco. Um, there's one other um, headline that I forgot. Um, let's see. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, pardon me. Uh, the city of Chicago somehow got a thousand feral cats and they're gonna try to uh, get rid of their rat problem. The first day of Aid al-Fitr depends on the observation of the moon with the naked eye. Donna Cherian, assistant online editor, wrote this for the uh, Gulf News. Saudi Arabia's Moon Sighting Committee confirmed on Tuesday that the crescent moon marking the beginning of Shawal had not been sighted. Therefore, Wednesday, May 12th, will be the last and 30th day of Ramadan, and Thursday, May 13th, will be observed as the first day of Eid al-Fitr. Okay, so I... um. Uh, I, I spoke wrongly, excuse me. Um, Cutter has also announced that Thursday will mark the first day of Aid. Let's see. Um, Aid sermons in Saudi Arabia to, to stress COVID-19 vaccinations. Hajj 2021. Saudi Arabia may allow symbolic number of pilgrims from abroad. Okay. Um, this is in the Gulf News. They have a paywall, and I get three free articles a month. Okay, so um, that should be a wrap. Um, I got some other things recorded. Um, this is over 20 minutes now. 23 minutes. Excuse me. I'll call this the... Uh, okay, Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. Um, Happy Eid. Um, it's uh, 6.03 p.m. Arabian Standard Time. This is the Kodar Podcast. Mission is to entertain first and then instruct. I didn't watch uh, Democracy Now! yet, but um, it's real sad what's happening over there in um, uh, Jerusalem. At the Al-Aqsa Mosque, I did see him um, throwing stun grenades and um, I don't know what that was about. Uh, You heard what... uh, Noam Chomsky said it in a nutshell. Anyway, happy Eid, Eid Mubarak. This is uh, Quarter Hour Podcast, Omar WJ speaking.
extemporaneously.